and welcome to this new edition of The Screening Room. This is Khalid Ali, the Medical Humanities Screening Room Editor, and I have the pleasure and honor of having with me here two distinguished artists uh, at the Dubai, the 13th edition of the Dubai International Film Festival. Uh, this uh, part of the recording will be dedicated to emerging talent and artists from women in the Arab world, and I'd like to talk to her. So in this first opportunity, I would like to introduce Sheza Masoud, the director of one of the fantastic best shorts in the uh, festival called Memsus or Deranged, which explores mental illness. And I have with me here as well, Amal Harbi, who features in the film, and they're both going to introduce themselves first and talk to me about the film. My name is Sheda. I've studied media and I've been working in, in the field for almost four years. Um, and this is my first film about mental disorder. And I've done it, I, I wanted to do that film like five years ago maybe. And it's based on my own experience with the disease. And uh, it kept changing, I guess. I, I, I didn't have like a, a certain script that I was following. But it's like time, you just keep discovering new things. And it just came out, out of this experience and meeting those people who actually changed my perspective on that disease and perspective on so many things. And in the film, there are four characters who, who feature in the film and tell their stories and talk about their symptoms. So t t tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, there is three characters. Uh, there is Amal and there is uh, Afrah, Afrah Louis, who uh, she's one of my best friends in, in Saudi. And she was one of the people who were there with me on that situation of suffering. And whenever I have the wave, she's been always supporting me. Though I'm, I live in Dubai and she's in Saudi, but she keeps calling me and checking on me every day. And she was the one who actually uh, supported me to, to start filming when I went to Saudi to stay there to visit my family for a couple of months uh, and I was still suffering. So they actually pushed me to start filming. You explore in the span of 24 minutes an anxiety, depression, bipolar illness, side effects of medications, peer pressure and, and, and several you know, amazing themes in there. I'd like now to ask Amel about the Again, probably some of the taboos and the stigma, and, and, and I think your film is probably an attempt to dispel the stigma about, of, about mental illness, getting people to talk about it, to be open and widely talking about this, and, um, and particularly uh, suicide attempts as well in our culture and religion. It's a taboo subject, there's religious you know, views on it, so would you mind telling us a bit about it? Yes, uh, I had uh, been suffering for a long, long time of uh, depression. Then this uh, had become like a mental illness. I had, a, I had committed suicide twice time. Then uh, the stigma, I think it's all around the world. Everyone uh, tries to control the madness in the world. And most kind of illness, they, they start labeling it. They are afraid, so uh, they call this, uh, this is borderline, and this is bipolar, and this is... Um, Mixed episode. No matter what you call it, there is suffering inside. Might lead you, uh, as in my situation, I have stayed in my room for five years doing nothing. Uh, then I met Shada, and she gave me this opportunity. Uh, really, like she opened the door for me to speak about it because I I went into different uh, mental institutions in different countries and. Uh, my family were supported, really, but not 
to the extent where I can talk about it. So when she called me, uh, someone, a, a friend, a common friend between us, he told me there is a, a girl. I went uh, without hesitation because she understands. She knows. And the way she looks uh, to you from the first minute I knew, she knows what she's talking about. It's not like, okay, let's do it. It's a very, very serious subject. Uh, we're still suffering from it. We can't say this country or that country. No, it's uh, something uh, insane. Yes, it's a universal problem that uh, uh, this truly affects people all around the world. And I was just talking to, to, to Sheza saying that uh, there's some eminent figures, if we mention from the you know, Western world, Ruby Wax, who, who talked publicly. She did tours about her struggles with, with mental illness and bipolar disease and wrote books about it. And that helped people to come forward and talk about their own problems. And I think there's therapy in that. Yes, I, I want to say something uh... I thought that we are becoming open about this. I start working. I have a job now. I take medication. I can't. But I used to tell everyone I was in a mental institution. I did electric uh, shocks and stuff. I didn't notice that people are literally not open about it because I had this issue in the work, and the owner was talking to one of my friends. She, want, she was asking about me, and my friends go, you know, she has an issue, uh, take it slowly with her. And I was disappointed. I'm taking medication. And, and this is stigma also about medication. People, uh, all the scientists spend their lives trying to uh, make these pills to help us. So take medication if you need it. If I have two employees, I knew one of them went through depression, anxiety, whatever. And the other one is look strong and controlled. Definitely, I'll go with the other one. Having mental illness, it, it, it affects you, your opportunities in life. Definitely. Now, now, I want to explore with you both the, 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 the fact of art and creativity and healing. You made this film, and I know you're a published author, you're a book writer. So that part of your life, the creative side of your life, and how did that support you through your personal life and the professional life in making the film? Well, as bad as it might sound, I'm actually glad of all of the waves that I keep getting. It makes me who I am today, and, and it keeps changing. I don't know, it's like uh, I always see it as whenever it hits you, the wave of depression. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So whenever it hits me, I look at it, it's more like the bang bang, the big explosion, because you end up blank, sort of. Like you can't, you reach a point where you can't actually think you can't remember anything like I would go to the ATM machine I remember one time and trying to put my pin code and I couldn't like I put it twice and I started crying in front of my ATM because I couldn't remember the simplest things so it's like you start from zero sort of but then you gain a lot it's more like the uh, yeah, the, after the Big Bang Theory, yeah. the, the creation or the evolution. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more like that. An this is how it, process. Yeah, this is how I see it because you change. You definitely change a lot. Like you become a different person. You, try, you start to absorb so many things because you collapse at a certain time. Um, it's, whether it's months or, or a year or years sometimes. Um, so when you get up and get out of it, you just want to take advantage of all of the time that 
got wasted, you know, and you want to do everything when it comes to music, phones, books, and you just want to catch up and keep reading and doing, like, sometimes it might hit you where you're not going to be so social with people because you're busy doing things and absorbing and trying to catch up with everything you lost and creating things. One of my friends that I met, like, I didn't see him for 10 years. I just met him uh, yesterday, and... And he was, still, he was the most positive person I've ever seen. And when I talked to him about the film, he told me that he started to have a wave. Like, he thinks that he's going to collapse. Um, he, he thinks he's suffering from it. Sometimes I feel like I'm actually glad that, as bad, it's really bad to say that, but sometimes you feel like if you got this, I know you're going to gain something amazing out of it. So you're talking here about several themes that, that I'm really uh, you know, impressed with. Uh, empathy. Uh, probably I'll ask about the process of making the film between your film team and relating to that personal experience that you had and how you created this beautiful film that I, I thought and very visually uh, imaginative as well. Um, the peer support. Let's ask Amal about that. Unfortunately, uh, I have this idea that creative is related to suffer and pain. There is a book called uh, Touched with Fire. It shows uh, us, Shada, uh, still see the positive side of the episode. I saw that greatly represented in your film, that people who complain of chest pain, but actually they have nothing physical, and it's their mental troubles that are manifesting or representing themselves as chest pain or headache or so. And, and you, you did that amazingly with one of your characters who did have trouble and anxiety and panic attacks, which ultimately became chest pain and he ended up in casualty and so forth. So I, I, that story was actually quite um, sensitive and, and so well told. So thank you so much, Shaza and Amal. It's beautiful and I do recommend that people do watch this film. I hope it comes to, to Europe and to England in the near future. Thank you so much. Continuing our theme of talking to women filmmakers, I have the pleasure and honor of having with me here Naila Al-Khaja, who's the director of one of the great shorts uh, in the festival, Animal. Naila, can you please introduce yourself, tell us about your film uh, career, and then tell us a bit about the film themes, and then we'll take it from there. Thank you for this lovely interview and the wonderful introduction. Uh, my name is Nal Khaja. I'm an Emirati film producer, director. This is my seventh short, and uh, it's been absolutely fantastic taking part in the festival. Uh, my motivation as a director for Animal uh, came from my childhood. It's based on a true story. It's about children who grow up in terror, not usually physical terror, but psychological terror exerted from a very close member, in this case, you know, a family, a parent. And uh, what happens to these kids when they grow up? They don't necessarily all have to turn into cocaine addicts or whatnot, but they could actually develop very thick skin. So in my case, I actually thank my childhood for that strange experience because it made me appreciate what we take granted in life. You know, we were not allowed to, for example, cough. We were not allowed to cry. Uh, there were certain certain uh, sounds that weren't allowed in the house. So it makes you really realize the things that we take granted in life. So for me, it was a very challenging and emotional experience to shoot it uh, because it's personal. And yeah, I've been doing a lot of socially important films that affect the psychology and the well-being of people. Thank you so much for that, Naila. It, it's probably just to sum up the themes. It's a story of a young girl who lives with her mom and dad and an Asian cook in the house, and, and her father is very strict, shall we say, and, and, and she, she gets exposed to lots of verbal 
and maybe some physical aggression and, and domestic violence. It's a universal theme, but I'm interested in the long-term impact of that on mental health and the links of uh, domestic violence, uh, childhood trauma, and long-term social isolation and depression. So, so the, the mental health-related themes in that film. I think where we come from, it's a bit taboo to talk about the relationship of kids and their parents because it's supposed to always be perfect. And whenever you talk about imperfection or dysfunctional families, you know, people get very wary and they get a bit upset because family is supposed to be number one. But what if your family is your number one enemy? What do you do then? You know, what if, uh, I always say this, people get tested for driving license, but parents don't get tested if they're qualified to be parents. Sometimes you're not qualified to be a parent because you will produce kids that will be traumatized. And that's the problem. And in this film, I wanted to show the long-lasting impact of children that live in such a horrific situation. Uh, maybe that parent wasn't supposed to be a parent. Maybe he's a fantastic business person and he's not supposed to have children. It's not his fault. It's also not the children's fault. So I'm just showing how can society help after the damage is done? Because usually the damage is always done at that point. What can we have here? Do we have centers where people can go and confidentially talk about their issues? We don't have that yet. So I hope that this will provoke such questions. I think that that's a great message of uh, helplines and support for children who get exposed to abuse uh, of any form. So it's an important problem. Now, just one final question about the use of dance as a means of expression escapade from a oppressive environment. Uh, the young girl's relation with the Asian cook and uh, them together having some joyful moments through dance. There's always one person where you call your comfort zone in our life. So that person could be a maid, it could be a cook. In the girl's life, it's the chef because he was the color in the house. He was the sound, the, the expression, the escapism as you call it. So for her, the chef was the comfort zone where she can completely feel fearless and herself and find a bit of joy amongst the mayhem that's happening. Thank you. What's the future for the film? A future film hopefully called Animal Again and I can't wait to make it. Thank you so much Naila, that's great and it's lovely to uh, have you here and hopefully we'll see the film in England. Thank you. Thank you.